This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. You know a mistake I think a lot of people make in prayer? They pray too quickly. A thought comes to their mind and immediately they start praying about it. Don't do that, folks. Now, there are some things that are going to be emergencies, but most things aren't. 99% of the things that you come up on are not going to be emergency situations. Don't pray too quickly. Don't pray too quickly. Notice that Jesus is talking about preparation having been made ahead of time. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, that's before you ever pray. Then you shall ask what you will. That's when prayer works, is when you've made the word a part of you on the inside. So step number one is decide what you want from God. The second part of that is find scriptures that promise you the things that you desire. Now, the third part of that is what we just made mention of, and that is meditate on those scriptures. Get those scriptures down on the inside of you. In other words, let the scripture, let the word of God or the promise concerning your prayer abide in you. Meditate on those scriptures, make them a part of your heart, and be ready to use them when the devil comes against you to make you doubt. Because he will. Be ready to use them. Be equipped up front. Now, uh, let me remind you of, uh, you don't have to turn over there, but in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is inspired by the Holy Ghost to, uh, to tell us about prayer and, and, and really to give us the insight into preparation before we pray. He says in verse, uh, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I believe it is, he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And then he talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. He tells us to stand against the wiles of the devil. How do we do that? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to effectively stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he tells us what the armor is like. He says, having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having the, uh, the gospel of peace on your feet, your feet shod with the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit talks about the helmet of salvation. He talks about all of those different pieces of the armor that are, that are uh, designed to equip us and prepare us and protect us. He ends up saying, taking the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the very next verse, verse 18, tells you what to do with all that armor. He says, praying. In other words, the pieces of the armor are supposed to be put on before you ever say a word in prayer. Preparation is to be made before you pray. That's the point I'm trying to get across to you. Preparation from the Word of God, and all of those pieces of the armor are connected to the Word. All of those things, those protective uh, elements that he uses armor to describe, come through knowledge of the Word. He's telling us that those things should be done before you pray. That's why you shouldn't pray quickly about anything. Don't pray quick. Find the Word of God. Even if you know what the Scripture says about a certain subject. If I'm about to pray for healing, if, if sickness attacks me or, or I have some kind of ailment, I know what the Bible says about healing. I know what the Scriptures are. I preach on them every Sunday night in healing school. I know what the Bible says about healing. But you know what I'll do? I'll get the Bible out and I'll start going through page after page after page after page. And I'll remind myself and read those Scriptures again and again and again and meditate on those Scriptures before I'll ever say a word in prayer. Now, I've already got them on the inside of me, but it's good to be reminded. And I can't tell you how many times I'll come to one and all of a sudden there'll be a spark of light attached to that one. And I'll say, okay, there it is. There's my answer right there. And then I'll use that one to pray. 
And it brings answer every time. Brings the answer every time. Folks, put the Word of God on the inside of you. Meditate on the Word of God, the promise of the Scripture that promises you what you want from the Lord. Meditate on that. Make it a part of you before you ever say a word in prayer. I, uh, I've told this story before, but one of the, uh, one of the things that the Lord dealt with me about uh, was uh, uh, in the area of finances. I was uh, working with Brother Hagen, and uh, working with Brother Hagen was one of the best experiences of my life. However, Brother Hagen came up through the Depression. He still thought, you know, back then people worked for a dollar a day. They'd work from sun up till sundown for a dollar a day. Well, Brother Hagen was still on that mindset of paying you a dollar a day. And I was in kind of a different situation because when uh, uh, Brother Hagen hired me, and, and Brother Hagen at that point in time, the ministry was big. They had over 200 and something employees, and, and they had, you know, people that hired and fired and, you know, human resources departments and all that kind of stuff. But Brother Hagen came to me uh, right after my first year of, uh, of school and said, do you want to go on the road with us? Do you want to travel with us on the road this summer? And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And so I did. I went, didn't pay me a thing. They paid, they, you know, paid my, my expenses while I was on the, on the road and, uh, and that type of thing, but they didn't pay me any salary. And so we got back from, uh, the summer crusades and it was about, uh, well, we had to get back before camp meeting, which was the end of July. And so, uh, Brother Hagen uh, came to me and he said, uh, uh, we'd been back now for two or three weeks, I guess, something like that. I was unsure what was going to happen. I hadn't, hadn't, didn't have a word, didn't know whether to go get another job. I didn't know if they were going to hire me at the ministry. I just didn't know. It was kind of a, um, a real up, up in the air time for me. And uh, so uh, Brother Hagen finally said, uh, well, work with us through camp meeting. And I said, okay. And, and so I just assumed that that man after camp meeting was over, then I'd need to go find another job. I'd quit the job that I had to go on the road with him. And so um, uh, I worked through camp meeting, Worked like a dog through camp meeting. I mean, you're carrying everything. It's sun up till sundown and, and later, you know, meetings all day long and, and that type of thing. So camp meeting was over. So I started going out and looking for a job. After a couple of weeks, uh, I couldn't find anything. hadn't found anything at that point in time. Brother Hagen came and he said, uh, uh, he said, listen, I, if you, if you want to work with us, come on and work with us. And I, and I asked him, I said, you mean full time? Are you offering me a full time job? And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. Brother Hagen, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm just, you know, couldn't be more delighted. And uh, and so Brother Hagen, I guess I found out later, Brother Hagen had gone to the office and, and told them that uh, that he was hiring me or had hired me. I don't know if it was before or after the fact, whatever it was. But anyway, he said, um, uh, they said, well, okay, what, at what salary? He said, oh, I don't know. Uh, pay him what the Faith Creation Group was paid. Well, he had hired them like two or three years before. And they were making just hardly anything, lowest paid employees there. And so then they started paying me that. And uh, about a month later, they had given Faith Creation a raise because it had been so long without any raise. So now I am the single lowest paid employee at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. <laughs> I guess they were paying me according to my value. I'm not sure. But anyway, Beth and I were, were just limping along, struggling. I mean, her, her increase in, in, uh, in salary was a great blessing, but, and, and God was taking care of us, but we just didn't have anything extra. Well, God started dealing with me the next summer. The, God, the Lord started dealing with me about seek my face. Well, I didn't know what that meant. So I started studying. I got every scripture. I got out concordances. And boy, there's a lot of, a lot of times the word seek is used in the Bible. 
So I started going through every one of those. I spent weeks, months going through, writing out scriptures, memorizing things. Nobody had computers back then, so it wasn't anything that, uh, uh, that you could print out or anything like that. So I'm going through by hand, writing out stuff. I've got a whole notebook full of scriptures that are there. And, and uh, at the end of my study, after a couple of months, I was no closer than when I first started. I found out a lot of good things that the Bible said, but nothing was really clicking with me. You know, the Bible says, get up early and seek my face and stuff like that. Well, okay, I can do that, did that. But at the end of, um, uh, at the end of several months, uh, now is the end of the, the following summer after I'd been uh, hired there. Um, I'm no closer to where, I, actually, I'm kind of discouraged. I'm, I'm really kind of uh, depressed. You know, that might not be a word, good word to use. A frustrated would be a better word to use. I'm tremendously frustrated because I can't figure out what it is that the Lord's trying to get across to me. I've done what I thought that I could do in seeking the Lord and studying and, and that type of thing, and, and nothing. And I'm, I'm trying to believe God for money, and every time I try to believe God for finances, I'd come right back to the Lord telling me to seek His face. And, and so, okay, well, all right, thank you for meeting my needs, and now here I go back to my routine and, and that type of thing. Well, I was walking up the stairs, the back stairs, to, um, uh, to the office building there, and I was midway up the stairs. And I'll, I'll never forget it. It's branded into my memory. I mean, I, this will never grow old for me. I am in mid-step going up the stairs. And all of a sudden, Hebrews 11, verse 6, the Holy Spirit spoke that verse of Scripture to me on the inside. Now, Hebrews eleven six says, For without faith it's impossible to please Him, talking about God, for he that cometh to God must believe two things, that he is, in other words, that he is who he says he is, he is who the word declares that he is, and secondly, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, that had been part of the things that I'd seen, but it, it never really registered on me any more than, you know, seek my face early. What that David talked about, I'll get up early and seek your face. So it had never really registered on me, but when I'm in mid-step, all of a sudden I see it. Whoa! The Bible is saying that one of the things that I have to believe if I'm going to please God is that God is a rewarder of me because I've been diligently seeking Him. Now, I didn't know what I was doing, but man, I, with, the, with the greatest of my ability, I've been studying out what He's told me to do. I've been trying to the best of my ability to obey what He said to do. Before my foot came down on that second, that upper step, I said, I see it. I see it. I've got to believe that you're a rewarder of me because I've been seeking you. And on the inside, there was this smooth, velvety-like, peaceful feeling on the inside. I knew I'd hit it. Here's what I've been looking for for months. Now I've got it. By the time I took another step, I knew that God was rewarding me. Now before, I've been trying to believe for finances. And it just didn't seem right. The Lord kept directing me over to seek His face. Trying to believe for finances, seek my face. Yeah, but Lord, my needs, bills... Things like that. Still had some college bills that hadn't been paid and some stuff like that. What about these things? Seek my face. Every time I tried to go in the direction I wanted to go, the Lord brought me right back over to seeking His face. In other words, He brought me back over to studying and going through the Word of God to find Him. Not the money I needed, but to find Him. And then the Holy Spirit quickened to my heart, Hebrews eleven six. Remember the Bible says in uh, Psalm 119, verse 130, I believe it is, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. Well, now the light, of, the light of the word had come on to me. I had seen it. Within two weeks, 
they took me from being the lowest paid employee at Kenneth Hagin Ministries to in the top 10% of salaried employees at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Now, folks, if you don't think that's miraculous, <laughs> that was miraculous. They told me later, they said, you know, well, you know, we saw that you were the lowest paid guy that was there and we didn't really intend for you to be, but Brother Hagin has the one that hired you and he never hires anybody anymore and he's the one that sets your salary, so we didn't want to mess with it. Well, thank God, God did. Folks, the point that I want to try to get across to you is it's when the Word comes alive on the inside of you. Now, I've been confessing for finances. I've been confessing for my needs being met. I've been making all those confessions and all those things. But when the Word of God concerning God's reward became alive on the inside of me, that was when I said it one time. I said it one time. And within two weeks, things had turned completely around. Completely around. What I'm trying to tell you is the Word of God is the power of God that brings the results. It's the power of God that brings you results. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. But healing school is not a a healing uh, crusade. We're here week after week after week. Healing evangelists a lot of times can come in, blow in, blow up, and blow out. People come, have hands laid on, you get some results, some miracles type things will take place, but then not everybody receives. And then afterwards, the healing evangelist is gone and we're left with the people that didn't get anything. What happened? What's wrong with me? That's not what these healing school services are. This is healing school. That means we're here week after week after week. We're going to deal with the same thing next week that we dealt with last week. The person that comes tonight and for whatever reason doesn't receive their healing, we're going to be here next week to help you to get it. Again, that's Healing School each Sunday night, led by Pastor Mike Webb at 6 p.m. For directions and more information, go to MikeWebb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Here's God speaking first person. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It, my word, shall not return unto me void. But it, my word, shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now, folks, this verse of Scripture is chock full of good information. First of all, you need to understand that the word of God is the will of God. That's what this verse is telling you. The word, God is saying, my word shall accomplish that which I please. That which I please is God's will. It's saying the Word of God accomplishes God's will. Are you listening? It's the Word of God that accomplishes God's will. I have to keep saying this. It's the Word of God that accomplishes God's will. Well, what does that mean? That means it's not your prayer that accomplishes God's will. It means it's not your actions that accomplish God's will. It means it is God's Word that accomplishes His will. That means then, if you're going to be effective or successful in prayer, you're going to have to pray His Word. Which is exactly why so much of the church fails to get answers. They're praying according to their thinking. And they don't have a foundation of the Word of God. So when the devil comes to try to make them doubt, they have no defense. 
It says, God is saying very specifically, He's saying, My word shall accomplish my will. So the word of God has to be the will of God. Secondly, He says the word of God prospers in the thing where He sends it to. That means scriptures concerning healing prosper in the area of health. That means scriptures concerning provision prosper in financial provision or material resources. It means scriptures that are, that pertain to forgiveness of sins and righteousness prosper in the life of God changing a person's spirit. The word of God prospers in the thing whereto he sends it. That means different scriptures are sent for different purposes. That's why you've got to find scriptures that promise you the things that you want from God. Takes us right back to step one. Find the scriptures that promise you what you want from God and then make those scriptures, meditate on those scriptures and make them a part of your heart. Be ready to use them against the devil when he comes because he will. He will come. Now the third thing I want you to see in this is that the word is designed to return to God. Do you see it? So shall my word be that proceeded forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It said it won't return unto him. It doesn't say it won't return. It says it won't return void. Void what? Void of power. God's word is designed for him to speak it, you to hear it, and then you speak it back. That's how his word returns to him. And it never returns void of power. Now think about what that means. That means every time you pray the word of God, your prayer is full of power. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get the answer to your prayer. Because the devil can rob you after you pray. But every prayer you pray, the Word of God, the promise of God, the promise that gives you the information about what you want from the Lord, the Scripture that promises you what you want from God, every prayer that you pray God's Word back to Him has the power to bring the answer to you. So you've got to pray the Word. You've got to pray the Word. Do you realize how rare that is in the body of Christ? Just listen to people pray. I'll have people come and, and, and they'll come after services, after healing school services, whatever it is. They'll come and say, Pastor Mike, I want you to pray with me. Well, okay, what do you want to pray about? And they'll tell me what it is. There's sometimes I'll say, well, what does the Word say about that? Other times I'll say, well, all right, you pray and I'll listen to your prayer and see if I can agree. Oh, that puts them on the spot. Because you, you'll find people trying to say all kinds of things and there's not a scripture in any of it. And I'll just stop them and I'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not giving God anything to work with. Folks, remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 1. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's the word of God. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means to rescue, to deliver, to make safe, to make sound, and to heal. It means all five of those things. The word of God is the power of God to rescue you. It's the power of God to deliver you. It's the power of God to make you safe. It's the power of God to make you sound. It's the power of God to heal you. The word of God is the power for those things. Not your prayer. Your prayer carries power when it contains the Word. And if your prayer does not contain the Word of God, there is not an ounce of power in it. And that's we're right back to the modern day church at prayer. 
That's why church people don't get their answer, get answers to their prayers. They don't pray the word. They don't take the time to prepare themselves and make the word a part of their heart so that they know that they know that they know this is what God said. So therefore they're, they're, they're inconsistent and they're uncertain when it comes to the will of God. You find the will of God, you find the word of God, the scripture that says, here's what Jesus did. There's no question about God's will. That's why there's no question in my mind about Jesus' will for healing. He took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses, and with his stripes you're healed. Show me, there, show me any wiggle room for the will of God concerning healing. There's none. Why? Because we found the Word on it. And the Word of God is his will. It accomplishes what his will is, and it prospers in the area that he was sent to. Can you see that? Turn with me to one other scripture. We'll close with this. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. I think I told you that was one of the ones we'd use earlier in the service. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Here's that same prayer that John 15, 7 is talking about. Mark eleven twenty four. He said, Therefore, Jesus is speaking and said, Therefore, I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, meaning the things that you desire, and you shall have them, meaning the things that you desire. Folks, again, please notice that Jesus said not one word about the will of God in Mark eleven twenty four. He's talking about what things you desire. What things you desire. Now, folks, we've talked about the first step to answered prayer. Decide what you want from God. Jesus is talking about exactly the same thing. What things soever you desire. That means what things you want from God. What things soever you desire. When you pray. Now, when is always pertaining to time. He's telling you what to do when you pray. Now, that's the second step. The first step is just getting ready to pray. The second step is to ask God for the things that you want and believe that you receive them. Ask God for the things that you want and believe that you receive them. We'll talk more about this next week. But what I want you to see is He says that there are conditions even after you pray. In other words, just having prayed the prayer is not the end of everything. It's the beginning point. Because when you pray, there are specific requirements. Requirement number one is to believe that you receive the things that you ask for. When do you do that? When you pray. Well, but how can I believe that I receive them when I don't see them? That's what makes the difference in answered prayer. He's still talking about you getting the things that you want. Folks, I want you to understand something. The Bible says over and over and over again, you can have anything you want. I know that's hard for people to accept, but that's exactly what the Bible says. It says you can have anything you want. Well, Pastor Mike, do you mean anything? Yeah. If the Word of God is abiding in you, it means anything. Well, okay, I'm just going to pray for 10 million oil wells. Oil selling for a lot now. I'm going to believe God that I just d- discover an oil, a, a gold mine in my backyard. Find the scripture that promises you that and you can have it. See where the qualifier is? See, we're not talking about things that people just pop off with out of their heads. We're not talking about just dreams and, and, and air castle type stuff. No, we're talking about something that you can find a scriptural promise for. That's what the word abiding in you means. And under those conditions, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatsoever you will. 
and it shall be done unto you. You can ask anything that you want, and it will be done for you. You know, it's an amazing thing how people chase things in the world when they could get it through the Word of God and it would be a blessing to them. Look at how many people that are famous and how many people that are rich that wind up killing themselves because they think, is this it? But the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and He adds no sorrow to it. That means when you let the Word of God bring you into the things that God would have you to have in life, the things that you desire in life, the real desires from your heart start to come through because the Word of God is abiding in you, then it becomes a simple thing and whatever you have becomes such a great pleasure rather than a noose around your neck. I, I did this. i got to admit, I did this. When I was a teenager, I, before I found out anything about the Word, I knew God was there. I knew God wanted me to do something with my life and I really didn't, didn't even want to know what it was. No, Lord, I'm, I'm saved. I know you're good. I know you love me and all that kind of stuff. But just step off to the side while I do my thing in life. Well, I did a lot of my thing in life. And I didn't get anything out of it. There was no enjoyment in it. I was frustrated with a lot of it. I found the truth of the Word and I realized, wow, you mean God will help me do some of the things that I wanted to do already? Yeah. Then it started to get fun. And then it came to a place where I had everything in front of me that I thought that I wanted. I had the career that I thought that was, that, that I, I always wanted to have. It was being offered to me. It was right there in front of me. And something on the inside said, you'll be happier doing something else. So I started praying, found out what that was, wound up doing what I'm doing now. And I've got friends that did the other, and their lives are wrecks. Total wrecks. Could have made the same mistake they did. Could have gone in the same path. And if I'd done it the same way they did, I wouldn't have been any happier than them. But you find out what God has for you. That's where real fun, that's where real enjoyment in life comes. Folks, God doesn't have any problem with you having enough. God doesn't have any problem with you being rich. He made Abraham rich. He used that as the example for what he'll do for you and me. God doesn't have a problem with any of that. He just has a problem with you making that more important than him. He's not opposed to his people being rich. He's opposed to his people being covetous. How do, you st- how do you stop that? How do you avoid that? By making the Word of God abide in you. Making the Word of God more real to you than anything else. More important to you than anything else. Then watch God bring you into the fullness of what He has. Step number one, decide what you want from God. Find the Scriptures that promise you those things and meditate on those Scriptures. Get those Scriptures down on the inside of you and be ready to use them against the devil when he comes to make you doubt. Because he will. He'll come. Step number two is pray. Pray. We'll talk about that next time. One of the most important elements of prayer is to pray the Word of God. The Bible says that we're to put God in remembrance. That means the more we pray the Word, the greater foundation we have to get our prayers answered. Come join us at Foothill Family Church as we grow together. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. I think a lot of times we make a mistake by praying for people too quickly. Because their idea is we're going to give God a shot. But God doesn't work on shots. God works through His Word. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent His Word and healed them. 
not he took a shot. So the first thing we ought to do is go to the Word and remind ourselves, we may already know, but we need to remind ourselves, what does the Word say about this? You spend a day or so reminding yourself of the Word, soaking yourself back in the Word and the promises that it makes to you, then you're in a position to pray. Then you can pray with confidence. Then you can pray knowing what God's will is. Again, that's Healing School each Sunday night, led by Pastor Mike Webb at 6 p.m. For directions and more information, go to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.